Hello, and welcome back to the Literally Just Me podcast. I'm your host, Janae, here to talk TV. We've got more Instant Star, as per usual. This time we have episode 207, Stranger in the House. So re-watching this one, I liked it more than I did when I watched it the first time. The first time I remember liking it, and I remember like the big, kind of big, thing that happens at the end, but um, this, this was a fun one. I gained like a new perspective on this episode via a uh, maybe conspiracy theory. So let's get into it. This episode has a distinct A and B plot, so I'll start with the A plot and then cover the B plot later. So we get our first scene, which is actually kind of like very packed with a lot of different things. So in the last episode, Sadie auditioned for her school's like musical production and she got like an understudy part. So this first scene is the gang is at her production, like they're in the audience and she's on stage. You can't actually see her, you just get the view of the audience. So Jude's there, Tommy's there, uh, Quest, who is uh, an audio engineer and Tommy's friend, quote unquote, I'll get into that later. And Portia is there too, because her and Sadie are like friends now, I guess. Oh, I take that back. Tommy isn't there initially, so during Jude's like opening voiceover monologue, uh, Tommy's seat is empty, and then the scene kind of like jump cuts to everyone backstage. And then that's when Tommy shows up, like super last minute. He didn't see any of the play. So everyone is like taking their turns, giving Sadie her congratulations. Like, oh, you did so good at this. Your, um, your kicks were so great. <laughs> and then Tommy starts to speak. He's like, oh, Sadie, you look so cute. And Sadie cuts him off and she's like, save it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> she says, save it. Your chair was empty the whole night. I saw. And she's like, oh, damn. And so Jude has like a bouquet of flowers in her hand and she covers for Tommy by saying, well, I told Tommy that getting your favorite flowers wasn't worth him uh, missing the play, which is a complete lie. We get a shot of uh, Portia rolling her eyes at this because <laughs> in the last episode, Portia was kind of putting the bug in Sadie's ear like, hey, watch out for him. Don't let him slide with any of this. Make sure you do what's best for you and not what's best for him. Sadie is like all happy again. She's like over being mad at him because he supposedly, she thinks, uh, was late because he was getting her favorite flowers. So that's our opening scene. So our inciting incident here is that it's June Sadie's mom's birthday coming up and they are planning her a surprise party. Uh, it's going to be 70s theme, like everyone's going to dress up in a 70s costume. It'll be great. But then, like, the day before the party happens, their mom, who is, I guess, like, officially dating this divorce lawyer now, Don, before they're, like, I don't know, just hanging out. But now I guess they're, like, truly dating. So Jude is, like, in charge of the guest list. She doesn't actually, like, invite Don because she's, like, weird around him, I guess. They don't really know each other. And Jude's kind of resistant to wanting to know him, which is understandable. So Jude doesn't invite Don. And because he didn't know about this party, he actually like flies their mom to New York for the weekend. The surprise party, which was totally for their mom, is like ruined because there's no uh, guest of honor. There's like a quick, well, it's not that quick. So, <laughs> so a very like 
It's like ingrained into the plot, but it's kind of separate from the main thing. So we get a scene of Tommy and Quest in the studio. Uh, Quest mentions casually, like my, his sister, I think? His cousin. Yes, his cousin. He says, my cousin's in town. I was going to like bring her by the studio so she can like see uh, like what I do. So she can see what it's like here. And Tommy questions, oh, your model cousin? <laughs> to which Quest is like, yep. And Tommy, when he says like model cousin, like he has a look on his face like, say what? <laughs> Mischievous, essentially, is how he says like model cousin. Yeah, I'm kind of like blowing through this plot, but it's it's pretty straightforward. So our next big scene is, okay, so Quest just told Tommy about the model, uh, the model cousin. June Sadie stopped by G Major the next day. So after this cousin is coming through town. So they stop by the next day to get like potted plants, I think they say, for the party. Some type of decoration. So this is presumably in the morning at some time. So they both get in there and they see just like women just like strewn about <laughs> on like various couches. They're all sleeping. Uh, Jude says it looks like a model bomb went off. <laughs> And then we see this one woman who walks past June Sadie and this woman says, shh, Tom Quincy's sleeping and she's wearing a jacket that belongs to Tommy. Sadie sees this and uh, is drawing some conclusions about why she's wearing that jacket. <laughs> and then we smash cut to a scene where uh, Sadie's like chasing Tommy through G major, like yelling at him, accusing him of all these things. And Jude's watching all of this happen. So Sadie's chasing after him. She's like, you're cheating on me. She's wearing your jacket. I'm not stupid. I know what that means. Um, Tommy's like trying to defend himself. Nothing happened. The girls just like came over late. And so they just slept in the studio, I guess. <laughs> Which doesn't really make a ton of sense. Because like I said, these women are just like all over couches, like all over the place. They just stayed here overnight and slept on some couches when they could have slept in a hotel. That's not the point. So Sadie's like, losing it. She's snapping at him like crazy. He's saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Sadie kind of like calls on Jude to kind of like get her take on the situation. And then she kind of like pulls Jude away for them to like go home. Uh, but Jude pauses and pulls away from Sadie saying Jude has to start getting to work soon. Like she has to start recording music soon. And so she has to stay there with Tommy. So to Sadie, this looks like her siding with Tommy, even though Jude doesn't say anything in defense of him or in an accusatory manner. She kind of just remains neutral, but by staying with Tommy and not going with Sadie, Sadie takes that as betrayal. There's a line here where Sadie, while she's accosting Tommy, says, Tommy here has been holding his own private auditions for America's Next Top Model, <laughs> which is kind of a double entendre because like top model, but also the show Top Model, which was a very timely reference. That show was like in its prime in like 06, which this would have been. So at this point, Sadie is very upset with Jude. In the next scene, Jude, in an effort to like cheer Sadie up, acknowledges that she messed up with the guest list for her mom's party, but she pitches to Sadie like, hey, how about I cancel all of mom's friends and family that would be coming over and let's just have a 70s party with our people, with our group of friends. To which Sadie's like, okay fine, whatever. You have to set this up though. <laughs> so the rest of the action happens at the 70s party. Everyone looks wonderful. 
Jude has like Farrah Fawcett swoop going on. Speed like straightens his hair. <laughs> Sadie has a side ponytail going on. There's a lot of glitter. The whole color scheme is like that weird like yellow brown red thing that was really big in the 80s for whatever reason. It's perfect. There's a hot tub outside. Wonderful. We get a montage of like everyone dancing and like people trying to cheer Sadie up. There's also... (laughs) It just came on on my screen in the background. So there's a hot tub, like I said. Oh, I guess I didn't mention who's at this party. I should say that first. So Sadie's there, obviously. Speed, Quest, Portia is who's at this party at this point. But anyway, Quest is there. Like I said, Jude like called the older attendees to like cancel the party for them but invite their friends but then this one lady shows up i think it's an aunt of some sort or a great aunt or something this older very cute lady and so there's a scene in this montage where (laughs) why did they put this in here there's a scene where quest is in the hot tub with this lady There's no context as to why they're both in this hot tub at the same time. Zero context. But we get a scene where this woman is like feeding him pie. <laughs> she's been- <laughs> And there's like whipped cream all over the top of this pie. And she's like putting some on his nose too. <laughs> it has no relevance to anything, but it's just... <laughs> it was perfect. It made me so happy. <laughs> So our next pivotal scene, Sadie and Portia are like sitting down talking. Portia jokes like, oh, good that you broke up with him now before you got something that required antibiotics, which was a zinger. I like that. But Sadie is still like very hurt. She's like lamenting over um, how Tommy quote unquote made her feel special when really most of what we've seen of their relationship has been like Sadie feeling inadequate and Sadie not really trusting him for varying reasons. Um, But she talks about how he made her feel special. And she even says the words like, I don't know if I'll feel like that again. Special, you know? She made me kind of sad. We really haven't like fleshed out Sadie as a character, which is why in past episodes when I've been like lamenting over all this B-plot with Sadie's so boring, I couldn't care less. It's because all of the B-plots with her have like centered around this idea of her like being someone's girlfriend, or crushing over some man. And like, (laughs) I think it's something that was very like of the time to have like, oh, here's the the boy crazy women and here's how much they love men. And like watching this in 2020, it's just like, really? Like crying over men who aren't good to you and who cheat? Like in this economy, in this socio-political climate? No, no ma'am. (laughs) that's why it's been so boring to me it's like can i have sadie as a character and not just as someone's girlfriend can i please is it too much to ask instant star writers back in 2005 (laughs) let's be progressive here anyway sadie's talking to portia she's very hurt about the situation jude overhears the two of them talking and so she like sneaks away to do some uh, some like interference. She's going to take action into her own hands with this relationship. So Jude sneaks away and calls Tommy. The next scene is Tommy and Jude outside of the party. We don't get to see Tommy in a 70s outfit, which is kind of a shame. He just shows up in like normal clothes. 
<laughs> this fucking scene. So Tommy and Jude are both outside the party. Jude kind of like stares him down for a little bit and like looks him up and down and says, do you really care about my sister? Like, honestly, tell me the truth. And Tommy's response to this question is, and I quote, I feel like if I can't make it work with Sadie, I can't make it work with anyone, end quote. Which, I'm sorry, how does that answer that question? (laughs) Nope, run it back, run it back. Can I get an actual answer? The answer to the question, do you care about my sister, is either yes I do, or no, not really, not really feeling it. It's not, well, if I can't make this relationship work, then I guess I'm kind of shitty. What? (laughs) Answer the question, sir. And Jude doesn't push on that anymore. She hears that response. And it's like, okay, whatever. Um, so Tommy, to be fair, like in this scene, Tommy's very like dejected, kind of talking kind of softly and is like looking down a lot. And we're supposed to infer that he's like feeling very down about this as well. The prospect that their relationship is over. But again, I just don't totally buy it. That's all. So at the end of June, Tommy's exchange here, Tommy pulls out like this pendant necklace And just says, like, can you please just give this to her and, like, tell her I'm sorry, whatever. To which Jude replies, like, actually, why don't you just give it to her yourself? And so we smash cut to Jude telling Sadie, like, hey, can you just go up to your room really quick? And Sadie's very confused. Jude says, just trust me, just go up to your room. And then our next (laughs) pivotal moment. So we see, okay, so it's Jude, Portia, and Quest. And they're all... (laughs) This is kind of contrived, but they're all like at this party. They're looking up to the window to Sadie's room and the blinds are down. You just see like, um, what word am I looking for? When you have something that's like a shadow, oh my God, what word am I looking for? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. When someone's shadow is like reflecting onto a surface, what is that called? Silhouette. Oh my God. Silhouette was the word. <laughs> no it really took me two minutes for the word silhouette to come through my brain so we have jude quest portia they're looking up towards sadie's window the blinds are down so we just see the silhouettes (laughs) of sadie and tommy like you see him giving her this pendant necklace and they're like hugging it's all good so portia watching this is like no 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 And so she's kind of like going off on Jude. She's like, are, are you serious? Well, actually, it starts off by Portia guessing what it is that Tommy got for Sadie. So she's like, pendant, probably gold, which was exactly what he got. And so Portia's like going off like, do you know what you've just done? Like, Tommy saw this and that. He'll never change. Like, and that's when Quest gets brought into the fray. And Portia says like, Quest, if I call Tommy a dog... <laughs> Am I revising history or am I accurate? To which Quest like kind of like hems and haws and is like, it's not my business. I'm not, I'm not in this. And Portia like presses him and Jude starts pressing him too. Like, this is my sister. I want to know, do I have something to worry about here? To which Quest finally says, and I quote, Tommy's Tommy. He always has been and he always will be. Uh, And this kind of like sparks something in Jude. She's like, oh no, maybe I did just mess up. So I think this is a good time for me to talk about my conspiracy theory. (laughs) 
which I really don't think is a conspiracy theory, the more that I rewatch this. Okay, so let me just start off with my theory. I think, and this truly was a revelation when I watched this back after watching it after so many years, I truly believe that Quest set Tommy up. <laughs> Quest took deliberate action to say things and do things to break Sadie and Tommy up. That's my theory. Like, even this most recent example, when Portia asked, like, if Tommy's a dog, am I telling the truth? He could have easily, point blank, said, in the past, he wasn't great, but this time, he didn't cheat. I can say it. Let me confirm this for you. Instead, he went vague. <laughs> he did not confirm, but he was also not a resounding source of comfort on purpose to break them up. I'm telling you. <laughs> The way this clicked in my head, I'm like the Charlie Day meme with the all the papers and the string connecting the things together. <laughs> also, there's another moment in this episode. I haven't talked about it yet because it's kind of more in line with the B plot, but there's a scene. Okay, so there's a scene where no context for the moment. Tommy says to Quest, Quest is using like this type of microphone that's, um, what is it called? It's like a ribbon mic or something. I don't know. So Quest is using this ribbon mic and Tommy like kind of snaps at him for really no reason. He's like, why are you using this mic? It's not good. Like you don't know what you're doing and you shouldn't try to produce until you know what you're doing. Like just stick to audio engineering. Quest doesn't really say anything to like push the issue, but he has this kind of like look on his face like, hey, like fuck you, man. And so there's some tension there. Okay. Digging back, way in the vault, the second, I think it's the second episode, the first or second episode this season, when Sadie just got back from Europe and is all sad, there's a scene where Quest runs into her, like, outside of a cafe, and he says, like, oh, I hate seeing pretty girls cry, <laughs> which could have just been a generic compliment to make her feel better, or it could have been the first hints that he likes her. There's also another quick scene this episode. Uh, Sadie and Tommy are in the studio and Quest is like in the background. He's in the same room, but he's not like actively part of the conversation. So Sadie is asking Tommy, like, can we go to dinner tonight? Can we watch a movie? Can we do something? And Tommy is saying like, I'm so, I'm so tired. I'm so overworked. Like, I just, I can't do it. It's just so much. Blah, blah. And the camera like pans over to Quest, who's listening to Tommy tells Sadie that he's busy and he can't do anything. And this is the scene that immediately precedes the one where Sadie's like calling Tommy a cheater. And so the way this camera like panned over to Quest and Quest's face was like, huh, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> All of the hints are there. All of the signs are there. I'm so, I'm so confident in my theory. <laughs> it's gotta be true. Anyway, let's wrap this piece up. I'm at like 30 minutes recording and I haven't touched the B-plot yet. So what just happened? <laughs> oh, so Quest says like, Tommy is who he is, da-da-da, doesn't stick up for him. <laughs> so Jude thinks like, oh, I've made this terrible mistake. Tommy at this point had just given Sadie the necklace they just like made up. We cut to Sadie and Tommy. They're like sitting next to a hot tub and they're like, talking, everyone's smiling, like, it's all a good time. All seems to be forgiven. Everything's good. And then Jude comes storming up and she says, 
get away from her. And Tommy's like super confused. Like you just helped us get back together. You just fixed this. What's going on? And Jude says, and Sadie's also confused for the same reason. And Jude says like, I stopped believing him and you should too. Everyone's still super confused. Jude's like popping off right now. (laughs) What happened? What changed? And Jude says to Tommy like, you know, I trusted you. Stop lying and go home. And she pushes Tommy into this hot tub. Sadie like jumps away so she doesn't get any of the collateral damage. So Jude pushes him in and then like grabs Sadie and like dips out of there super fast. Tommy like stands up after being submerged and like splashes water out to the crowd of people who all just watched him get dunked in this hot tub. (laughs) The final scene, we have like the final confirmation that they broke up. So Jude and Sadie are cleaning up the house after the party. Sadie comes across the necklace that Tommy had given her to apologize. And she says, she has like an introspective moment where she says, he was a poster on my wall as a child. I was literally dating the man in my dreams. Just like, oh, damn. Like One thing that's kind of sad to know that you like had that and you lost it, but also kind of just highlights the power dynamic in their relationship. Like she had him on so high of a pedestal because like she said, that was her childhood crush, her fantasy, all that. And so I don't think they could ever be balanced as a couple, which is why I never cared about it. (laughs) I never cared about the storylines that had both of them in it because this was pretty obviously like not fated to be a long-term relationship. Lest we forget, the very first argument they had was about how Tommy, a 23-year-old, kissed Jude, Sadie's sister, when she was 16 years old. (laughs) That is the very first time that they were ever boyfriend and girlfriend was after that argument. Anyway, so the last scenes of the episode are Sadie and Jude like lamenting about the end of their relationship, which is the show's way of confirming that they've broken up for good. Sadie has a kind of like sad moment where she says like, what did he even see in me? Which I think is speaking more to like the power imbalance that I was just mentioning in their relationship, which kind of led to like a deeper continuous insecurity, I think. But the very last scene is Jude's in the studio recording a song. She finishes a song and is trying to like talk to Tommy through the intercom system, I guess. She's kind of like rambling to herself like, oh, that's the first song of my second album. And she quickly apologizes. She says, I'm sorry for the hot tub, but I'm not sorry about what I said. And he's not responding to any of this. To which she finally asks like, okay, like, is that it? And he says, yep, that's it. Till tomorrow. (laughs) Totally sidestepping the elephant in the room and just like sticking to business. So that's it for the A plot. (laughs) It was kind of a lot. Well, the story wasn't really a lot, but me rambling on was a lot. (laughs) So the B story, it's a Jamie and Liam story, which I've been on record to say that Liam is my favorite character. It's the best addition to season two, in my opinion, (laughs) but I digress. So Pertinent background information for this plot is that Jamie has been trying to pitch Patsy Sewer to G Major, and she's like the punk rock friend that Jude met in the third episode of the season. And so he, he being Jamie, is an A&R scout for G Major now, and so he's trying to like pitch Patsy and ideally get her signed to G Major. But the first like introduction that 
Liam has with Patsy is the episode where Liam walked into them, both wrapped in a rug on the floor in the morning. (laughs) And so he's not like taking this seriously because our sweet Jamie is um, (laughs) having relations with the same artist that he's trying to like pitch as recording artists. So that's what you need to know for this plot. So we start off with Jamie once again trying to book studio time so that Patsy can record a demo, the demo get pitched to Darius, etc. And so Liam's like hesitant, but Jamie gets Quest on his side to like do the producing. They pitch the idea to Liam that they'll like do the work for free. They just need the space and the equipment. And so Liam's hesitant, but once they both say the word free, he's like, okay, whatever. Just like don't bother the other signed artists that we have here. Keep it cool. So then of course our next scene is Patsy's singing and she's like, how do I say? She's like punk rock, but also kind of like a hippie in a way. Like she's not really big on the music industry and she feels like it's quote unquote destroying music and also that it's like stifling her sound. And so when she does record this demo that like Jamie damn near had to like beg and plead for, she has all these conditions like she wants to perform barefoot and she's like singing on top of a speaker (laughs) and she wants the doors open to not like stifle the energy and like stifle her creativity type of thing. And so obviously with the doors open, it's going to be very loud. And so Liam walks in on her standing on top of the speaker, doors open, obviously disrupting others, which Liam was clear in his conditions that she was not to do that because it's just a demo and there are other people who are actually signed artists with G major. So that happens and Liam, as a result, is not happy with Jamie. He's like, all right, I'm pulling the plug on this. Like, (laughs) clearly you're not taking this seriously when I gave you a chance. So in the next scene, we see, and this is like a couple days later, we see Jamie and Patsy and they're walking up to stand in line for concert tickets. And Jamie's venting about Liam. He's like, oh, Liam is so, he's so this and that. And he doesn't understand like, this is the new wave, like, this is the new music that's happening. And you see Patsy, they're standing in line, and you see Patsy, like, lean over and, like, look in front of her while Jamie is, like, talking and ranting. And so she leans over, and then she, like, leans back to Jamie, and Jamie's like, he's, he's crazy, he's lame, and he's anal, and he's, and then Patsy says, hi. And Jamie says, yep, hi, hi as a kite. (laughs) To which Patsy says, no, hi, Liam. And camera pans over, and Liam is also there in line. He has, like, a hoodie up to, like, not be seen. I guess it's worth saying that this concert that they're in line for is, what do they call it? Like, a thrash band? A Norwegian thrash band, I guess? (laughs) Which I interpret as being, like, a metal-type band, but it's unclear. The main point to get across, I guess, is that Liam, who's presented as, like, the uptight snooty businessman wouldn't really be into music like this, especially not like lining up for concert tickets (laughs) type of involvement. So Jamie's kind of mortified. Liam heard him talking all that good shit about him. And now they have to stand in line together for concert tickets. And that's really how the rest of the plot unfolds. And so the next few scenes, and we cut in and out between like this and the A plot, but the next few scenes are Jamie essentially... One, he's questioning Liam's actual, like, allegiance to both, like, the music industry as a whole, 
but also to like this band in particular. So Jamie says things like, I could never be like you. I could never like be this uptight businessman who pretended like he didn't care about music. To which Liam kind of replies like, you know, like I'm older than you. It's not clear how old, but I'd guess like mid thirties maybe. So Liam's like, oh, to be young again, to be young and ignorant again. And essentially like he's laying out like how much he does enjoy music, but also that like he sees his importance on the business side of things. Like, yeah, he might come off as like super uptight and this and that, but he also does work in like the distribution of music. And so without him and without these uptight snooty business people, you know, maybe these bands wouldn't get out to people who enjoy their music. And like, yeah, sometimes you get in those situations where some people like a band less when they do get more popular. But also for an artist, having their music distributed widely is not just like a money-making thing. Like some people would not discover their music without it being widely distributed, which I thought was a very good point and very well articulated points, actually. You're not a better person or superior in any way based on the music that you like. (laughs) Let's just get that out there now. You are not more interesting. You're not inherently smarter or more intelligent for liking a certain type of music over another. (laughs) That's to all you music purists out there. It's not a pointed statement. I'm just saying, (laughs) just keep that in mind. It's just music. People like what they like. Get over it. (laughs) So that's really how the whole episode like plays out. Uh, They start off kind of like his adversaries, but through their time waiting in this line for tickets, they kind of like not become friends fully, but they both reach an understanding with each other. Like they both get to see the other person's perspective. So the ultimate resolution of the plot is that Liam does agree to give Patsy more studio time, which is what like Jamie wanted in the first place. That's the whole reason for him even trying to like uh, pitch this idea to Liam. So all is well that ends well. This was a really funny plot. (laughs) Like, there are a bunch of good lines between the two of them. I think they had good, like, adversarial chemistry, if that makes sense. And that, finally, is the synopses for the A and the B plots. On to the song and episode ratings. So this episode's song was Natural Disaster. During the episode, Jude refers to it as, like, a Dolly Parton-esque type of song, which I would agree with. It's more, like, country slanted than her other stuff which is more like pop punk i guess you would say that sort of genre so it's cool it was a nice little relaxed bop (laughs) for me it is a 7 out of 10 and then the episode rating like i said i like this episode more than what i remember but i also like this episode quite a bit when i did first watch it but like me picking up on some of the nuances (laughs) just like It hit differently for me, I guess, in a better way. But I also, like I said, held this episode in high esteem regardless. But I'm going to go with 9 out of 10 for this episode. And going into it, I was not prepared to give it a 9 out of 10. (laughs) If you would have asked me what I remembered, I probably would have said like 7. But it's it's a really good episode. And the fact that both the A plot and the B plot were both very watchable definitely helps. Like some past episodes, like... The A plot would have been good, but just like a very boring B plot made me not even want to bother (laughs) with the entire episode. So definitely helps when both A and B plots are strong. And now that Sadie and Tommy have broken up, I don't 
have to watch another boring Sadie plot <laughs> about uh, her trust issues in her relationship or anything like that. So possibly higher ratings coming soon. <laughs> but with a song rating of 7 out of 10 and an episode rating of 9 out of 10, episode 207, Stranger in the House, gets an average of 8 out of 10. What are we doing this time? <laughs> For the 70s theme, let's go 8 out of 10 fondue plots. <laughs> All right, everyone. That'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, in typical fashion, we'll be back next week with even more Instant Star. I hope to see you then. Bye. Bye.